Hi friends, I'm Molly from Relief from Darkness and I will be your host today and I am here with Dr. Lori and Hi guys. our teammate Allie where we are recording a 10 session podcast series that will focus on the biblical recovery from substance abuse and addiction. So each session will focus on the CPR principles along with biblically based steps to walk into identity and freedom in Christ. So these steps have been influenced by the 12-step program of AA and take us deeper into the biblical foundation of recovery. Dr. Lori, can you go ahead and just remind us what CPR stands for? Absolutely, Molly. It stands for Connection, Psychoeducation, and Routine. We have to connect with God. We need to be aware of ourselves with connection, and we also need to connect with others. And then it's really important we understand understand the brain. And my two favorite areas of the brain to teach on is the, the amygdala and the reticular activating system. And then finally, it's really, really important as we develop patterns in our life that we establish a routine and the routine can be established as we look at our self-care and the things that we do or don't do. And then as we also look at reframing the hurts and the trauma and the narrative from our past so that we can be fully alive and fully available in the present. And then finally, we're all created for something more, for something bigger and something outside of ourselves. Awesome. So Allie has been here with us for the last five sessions where she is teaching us on how to walk out of addiction. So just as a quick reminder, the first one was titled, Here I Am, Now What? And then the second one was titled, I Can't But God Can. And this is whenever we realize that we really need God to change. And then number three was titled, Burn the Ships. No excuses. There's no going back. Here we are. Number four was titled, I Got Spinach in My Teeth, which (laughs) is my favorite because it's kind of gross and kind of fun about getting that sin out and really being able to acknowledge it. So this one, or then we went to Own It. And that was confession, where you confessed to the people around you and you confessed to God, basically the spinach in your teeth. So now that leads us straight to what we have titled the Nike anointing, mm-hmm. also known as just do it, LOL. So Allie, can you go ahead and tell us what is the Nike anointing for this series? The Nike anointing comes from the steps six and seven Um, where we become ready for God to remove the spinach in our teeth. So we went through the time of making that inventory of realizing, okay, I do have spinach in my teeth, and then going to the Lord and saying, here's the spinach. And then there's this time of uh, diligent preparation to taking action. And so that's what we're going to focus on today is, is both parts of that. So the preparation um, of becoming ready for God to remove that mm. and then doing it and then doing it. Exactly. So step six and seven lead us from diligent preparation to taking action. After we have walked through the first five steps, we have totally acknowledged our sin, the patterns of thought and behavior that brought us here. Upon confession, we come to a crossroads of now being responsible to lay down our quote-unquote shortcomings. But as we have done the work, hopefully we have come to the place of being ready and willing to again ask God for His supernatural 
power to remove these um, as AI would define sinful behavior defects of character. He alone can first equip us and to strengthen us to put off our old self. The work of cleaning up our lives is challenging, but the healing has already begun as we have laid the groundwork in the previous steps of recovery. These fleshly tendencies are in us naturally. As we've looked at before, the fallen state of man is born into sin, uh, which we've already discussed in earlier sessions. But we have learned that God equips us to heal and then to live victoriously in our pursuit of Jesus Christ. And so right now I just want to interject some scripture on that, um, on the living out the healing and victorious pursuit of the Lord. So 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then Psalm 37, 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. So the takeaway from all of that is how. How do we overcome these matters of the flesh? So we know they have to be overcome. I have to do the work to do that. And the Lord will supernaturally do it in me so that I'm able to act that out. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to look first at prayer. It's got to start with that. It's got to start with the communication of the Lord. So that takes us back to becoming ready, becoming ready to have the Lord remove um, remove these tendencies, remove these old habits and behaviors and the way that I once lived my life. And th this is that diligent preparation. And so when we come to the Lord, we can come with confidence. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And then Psalm 119, 10-12 through 12 says, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. And then 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked as him. And I, I love that. I love that we can walk in confidence knowing that as I pray through this, I am praying for God's will. I'm praying to overcome the things that would take me away from him ultimately. Like what we talked about before, those trespasses and offenses and, and the ways of my old life. The Lord is calling me out of that. And yeah. so coming to him with that, I know it's his will. And that also gives me the confidence that it's going to come. Mm -hmm. The second part of that would be the confession. First John 1, 5 through 10 says, this is the message that we have heard from him. And proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie, and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The Lord 
already knows. We've talked about this before. He already knows the things that are going on in our hearts and our minds and our past before we approached the cross. He knows all of that, but we have to come in trust and transparency and confess those things. It's honesty. And that's, that's the start of any good relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Is honesty. And so he is calling us to come to him with faith that he is just, he is faithful. He is the one that will cleanse me from all of those things and that he has forgiven me. Then we have Psalm 51. And then I've got, I've got two passages, two portions of this Psalm laid out. Just, it's beautiful. And I, I love putting them together. Psalm 51, 1 and 2, and then 10 and 12 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Such an honest prayer like, God, I see my sin. You see my sin, but you can cleanse me. You can create a new heart within me. You can restore joy to me. This can all be done with your power, with your power and my obedience. Right? Right. And it's by God's grace that we even want to walk that out. It's all him. And it's his power in us and through us that allows us to do those things. And so the third is just, it's to repent. Repentance is the third and final act of this breakdown. And that is, it, Acts 3.19 says, Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Turn back to the Lord. You've already come to him. You're already standing before him. You're trusting him. Turn back to him. Just do it. Just be ready and willing to lay down your old life. So the sum of this step is that I must consider my old self dead. My old life is buried, and I'm walking into my new life, restored to God. Luke 14, 27 says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Romans 6, 8-14 says, Christ died. And we have been joined with him by dying too. So we will also be joined with him by rising from death as he did. We know that our old life was put to death on the cross with Christ. This happened so that our sinful selves would have no power over us. Then we would not be slaves to sin. Anyone who has died is made free from sin's control. If we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. Christ was raised from death. And we know that he cannot die again. Death has no power over him now. Yes, when Christ died, he died to defeat the power of sin one time. Enough for all time. He now has a new life. And his new life is with God. In that same way, you should see yourselves as being dead to the power of sin and alive for God through Jesus Christ. And then Colossians 3, the, uh, 1 through 13 says, If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above and not things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. I love that passage because it is such a clear call of what we are putting off and what we are putting on. My old life, like that, I don't know about you, Molly, but that is an accurate description of my old way of life. Yeah. The one that I'm told to put away and then to trust God to help me, to strengthen me, to equip me, to put on the new. And then finally, Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 says, I have something from the Lord to tell you. I warn you, don't continue living like those who don't believe. Their thoughts are worth nothing. They have no understanding and they know nothing because they refuse to listen. So they cannot have the life that God gives. They have lost their feeling of shame and use their lives to do what is morally wrong. But that way of life is nothing like what you have learned when you came to know Christ. I know that you heard about him and in him you were taught the truth. Yes, the truth is in Jesus. You were taught to leave your old self. That means you must stop living the evil way you lived before. That old self gets worse and worse because people are fooled by the evil that they want to do. You must be made new in your hearts and in your thinking. Be that new person who is made to be like God, truly good and pleasing to him. In all of these scriptures, there's this theme, and it is just that, just do it. Just do it. If you have surrendered, again, you are already equipped. You've already been strengthened, Mm -hmm. and the Lord is walking with you to pursue Him and what He looks like. And so God equips us in our surrender, And but what we do with that is our responsibility. And as always, it is a lifelong process. Yeah. And what I like about this one is there's this, if we're image bearers of Christ, then that should be more natural. Places that we get stuck, I think, especially in addiction and in substance abuse, is when we're trying to fill that identity crisis in us with a counterfeit. But if we can actually realize that as as an image bearer of God, that it would be more natural for us to want to follow and to walk with Him and to talk with Him and to fellowship with Jesus and to fellowship with other believers as we take on the new ways, as we take on His thoughts. Like that's what we were actually created for. And anything outside of that or anything that's trying to satisfy that won't ever really truly do it. I mean, it didn't for me and it didn't for you, right? Right. Brings a lot of peace to actually know that I'm already quit equipped for it because I know him. Like that he's not leaving to say like, then go and strive in it. And it's going to white knuckle it until you get it right. But it's actually like, it might be a little hard creating Dr. Lori, those new neuro pathways or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but that to know that you're fully equipped to do it. Absolutely. Because it's what you're actually created for. It's in your identity. 
which is just wild. So Dr. Lori, yes, can you give us the CPR breakdown of Just Do It? Absolutely. But you know, we can't talk about the Just Do It anointing without talking about the five frogs. <laughs> five frogs on a log and four decide to jump. And so how many frogs do you have left on the log? Five. Absolutely not. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Five frogs left on the log. Yeah. And so usually that's what people would say. They'd say, well, absolutely not. Then you have one frog left on the log. Well, just because you decide to do something doesn't mean you're going to. Mm -hmm. And so I love the saying that says that the game is won before the game has begun. And so what are we willing to do? And so I think in this part, we know with the psychoeducation of our brain that we have created new neuropathways in our brain that seem so real and they're so reinforced that it literally changes the way that our brains are wiring and firing together. And so we know that that you have to literally change your behavior and change the things that you do. You have to stop the old and you have to change the new. And just because you decide to or just because you have best intentions doesn't mean you're necessarily going to, hence the frogs on a log. And so we have to know that these are just things that we're just going to have to do. But as we have Christ in us, that this is more natural than not. And so as we modify our routine, as we stop doing some things, then if we just don't feel that, if there's, there's a vacuum that's created when we remove something. And if we don't fill that vacuum on purpose, then whatever whatever happens is going to fill that void. And so we could substitute substance abuse for people or entertainment or possessions or whatever that looks like. But we have to then that void that's in us, that change that we're doing has to be fulfilled with Jesus himself. That's what we're meant for. And that's what we're designed for. And so people would ask me, well, then how long do I have to just do it? Well, as long as long as you want to maintain it. And so with me exercising, and so I exercise five or six times a week and for a certain amount of time, and I burn a certain amount of calories and I'm doing cardio and strengthening and uh, stretching. And so people would say, well, I, I mean, how long are you going to have to exercise? Well, for the rest of my life. And so these are things that we have to maintain for the rest of our lives. But if we go back to now that we've established that our brain neuropathways have been altered, that we truly have an addiction, that we have to then starve the old pathways, and that creates a void. And then we're going to choose what we're going to fulfill our time and this longing inside of us with. And we're going to have to do this for the rest of our life. I think we need to just go to just quickly touch on connection with God. And so he's the only one. He's the only thing that's not a substitution or a counterfeit. He is the creator. And anytime we try to fulfill that void inside of us, this vacuum that's been created, no matter how it feels, no matter what the cravings are, no matter what the thought processes are, no matter what the familiar routines are, I've already decided, and this is what I'm going to do. And there's language that I think is really good. Mike Bickle wrote a book called The Seven Longings of the Human Heart. And he talks about that we've built scaffolding in our lives and we've propped our souls up. And at some point that scaffolding falls apart. But yet God will appear in our emptiness 
And that scaffolding can consist of the longings that we thought we were fulfilling our heart with, and that's addiction or entertainment or possessions or relationships with other broken people. And then we only find that these things will just create a greater void. Again, that gap, that, that, that void and that suction that that's created. And when we remove those things, our hearts are cold and sometimes we can't even respond. But as we seek him, no matter how we feel, the fire of his love starts to soften and warm our heart and a miracle takes place. Life appears. This is more natural than not. A heartbeat is heard and maybe at first it's faint, but it grows in strength and power. And eventually we find ourselves connected with God, more fascinated with pure love and truth than we ever were with false fulfillment. And I just love the language that we have to start the process. We have to create that void and that scaffolding that's failed us. We have to then insert Christ. And initially, no matter how cold our heart is, no matter how much we're craving the old, we have to actually incorporate into our routine and into our structure a system that will allow us to grow in this and then the question again, how well, how long do I have to do that? Well, for the rest of your life. But it's the living creator, and this is what we've been called to, and this is what we long for, whether we realize it or not. This is what we were born for, is to be so connected with the creator, just doing the things that further that connection and that growth and that fascination with him. And it really changes everything. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, you know, Molly, it's like a seed. Mm -hmm. And they're like, everything that's in a seed, like a little tiny seed that's meant to be whatever tree or plant has everything that it needs inside of it to grow. And she was just like, as Christians and in our walk with Christ, like we have to know that from the beginning, like when we're born into this world, we're like that seed and we have all the things needed to grow in who we're called to be. And it's just going to be the environments that we find ourselves in or find ourselves planted in that will either stunt and hinder or really water that seed and let it flourish. Wow. And it, But just that realization of I was actually born with everything needed to thrive in Christ. And then just kind of taking an inventory of what's really watering the that aspect of it mm-hmm. and then an inventory of what's hindering it and then trying to place myself more into what's growing the things of God. And as I've walked out of the like just do it aspect of walking with the Lord, that has been super helpful. So Allie, for you, what has that been like? What was it like for you walking through these steps? I was thinking about just now the seed and what you were saying about the environment. And in my old life, everything that I was in the middle of was watering the lifestyle that I was living in, Mm -hmm. my addiction. Even now, I'm seeing that what was happening was it was causing like death. Like it was not thriving in anything. It was causing death. But 
after I surrendered my life to Christ and I intentionally walked away from everything that I used to do, I was like, Lori, I had frogs on the log with me, right? So I had people who were pouring into me to help me thrive in faith, to hold me accountable Mm -hmm. that I could call and say, I just had... I just had a using dream and I don't know if that was real or not real and talking through what the warfare of that looked like and gaining tools. And what happened was at one time the the seed, so to speak, was dying and, and everything around it was withering and now it's flourishing and thriving in Christ, but it's, it is challenging and it feels unnatural. It does. Mm Mm-hmm. Because for so long, you are used to operating within the system of the scaffolding and the empty void and fulfilling everything that the Lord designed us for in fellowship with him. And so bearing my cross and crucifying, I'm going to use that word because it's putting to death those things, that's intentional, but it becomes more natural. And like you and Lori both are saying... As we pursue that, that's where our desires begin to align with the will of God mm-hmm. and that life thrives. And so, um, yeah, we, we've talked about it before, but it, for me, it was a process. I mean, all of these steps were a process. And this morning on the way here, I was thinking about, I've been walking through these steps biblically for six years now, and I feel like every time I go through them, I'm reworking them. And I think that that is an act of the Lord mm-hmm. to keep complacency from taking a root in my life. And so it's intentionality. It is building routine and the neural pathways. It's rebuilding your life with intention and under the care of God and in full surrender to that. Yeah. Does that answer your question, Molly? Yeah. Okay. That's so good. Dr. Lori, what is it the, like, if you are a runner... Like you're not just like, are you just preparing for a race or are you preparing to be a runner? And like, there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And if you're just preparing for the race, then eventually that race will end and there will be another race. And so if you're just preparing to follow Jesus, to overcome, like if that's the only reason to overcome the addiction thinking, then once that happens, if I relapse, I'm not, or if something happens then I'm not, but what if you're actually just preparing for your identity in Christ, and it will be lifelong forever until we see him again. Right? Yes. Man, that was so good. If you are preparing for a race, it's a temporary thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is temporary. It is to overcome one specific thing, right? It's not building a lifestyle. And you've already set yourself up to go back to where you started. Right. It reminds me of a diet, y'all. that's it it reminds me of a diet like i'm gonna do this no carb thing for a month so that i can reach the super short-term goal right and most likely i can't speak for anyone else but if i'm doing that it's because my motivation is superficial and selfish and then after you starve yourself for a month and you end up then gorging and you end up gaining more weight than you (laughs) than you weighed to start with correct (laughs) right so let's think about that in terms of addiction So you've got somebody who, okay, maybe if you're in a position where you have to go through a short-term program to, because a judge has asked 
you to, or you have some sort of thing that you need to accomplish to cause your circumstances to change. But in the end of it, if you're still holding reservations in that, like Lori just said, you're going like the, the relapse of that is going to be so much worse than probably where you even started. And we see that time and time and time and time again. But if you fully put yourself into it with the idea that, okay, my life needs to change and it can't just be for today. It's got to be forever. And what does that look like? Yeah. Then you're setting yourself up to become, like Molly said, a runner. You're not just setting yourself up to run through and get some bubbles on you or whatever right. happens at the end of races. <laughs> I don't know because I don't run, but <laughs> bubbles. Bubbles. Congratulations. <laughs> Love bubbles. <laughs> They're great. That's so good. Dr. Lori, do you have any parting words? I love the scripture that we seek first the kingdom and then everything else should be added. And so self-control is actually a fruit of the spirit that comes from abiding in Christ. And so I'm going to abide in Christ so that not that he'll be my genie or do whatever I want when I want and take these horrible things away from me or the cravings or the addictions or whatever it is that I've done, but I'm going to seek him and I'm going to do it long term and I'm going to do it actually for the rest of my life and for eternity And as he becomes so great in my life, not so that there's an end game, but he is the end game. Actually, he's a great reward. He's the one that we're striving for. Not that we don't do this or don't do that, or we do do this or we do do that, (laughs) but I'm, I'm looking for him and I want to seek first him and what I behold, I become. And I know that it's going to be hard work that I haven't maintained the soil. We talk about the seeds planted in the soil. And so the soil is the middle part of our brain, our limbic system with what we imagine and the experiences that we have and the emotions that we have. And, and so that's been just fueled with addiction and everything else that's a counterfeit. And so now I'm going to turn and I'm going to go in the direction and look towards him. But he today is the reward not when I get somewhere, not when I achieve something and his grace is sufficient for today. So today I'm seeking first him and his kingdom and he'll take care of everything else. But I have to partner with him and I have to do the hard work. I have to do the prep. There's no easy fix. There is literally our physiological withdrawals from addiction. We have to withdraw from our social and our emotional and even the thoughts that we have. And like Ali said, then what about in the process? Then there's dreams. And I mean, we've we've spent so much time not tending to the soil in our brain. And now we just want a quick fix. And so let's seek first him. And he's greater than anything else. But what's it going to cost? And and we have to know that it it costs everything to follow him. It's no longer me, but the spirit within because I've been crucified with Christ. But he never fails. He always shows up. He is enough. And anything else is a, is just a substitution and a counterfeit. Yeah. Allie, do you have any final thoughts? I don't. I think Lori just took that one home. Yeah, that was great. So here's what I'm hearing. If you're in this place, if you're listening and you're in this, you're going through these steps and you're like, okay, here we are and you're, you're stuck in this place of just doing it, if we can just remember that this isn't about, this isn't a goal you're completing, but this is an identity that you're acknowledging, that you're acknowledging yourself as, as a child of God, as an image bearer of Christ, and that with Him, in that surrender to Him, that it's not your life anyway. It's the Spirit within. 
So your life is not your own at that point, which means that he will equip you and he will empower you to walk through each step if we'll just surrender and if we'll just do it. So I thank you guys for putting in the work for doing it. If you've gotten this far, then you're already doing it. So be encouraged and be encouraged that it will get easier, that from a neuroscience standpoint, those brain pathways that follow Jesus will become more natural and that just for a second, it might feel like an uphill battle, but that's okay and that it's worth it. So thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness and we will see you next time. See you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.